0: Hello and welcome to Parallel, a tech podcast with accessibility sprinkles. This is episode 10 for December 18th, 2018. I'm Shelley Brisbane, your host. Welcome to the show. I want to introduce my two guests today. We're going to be talking about home automation after a little bit of follow-up, but it would be rude not to introduce my fabulous guests before we get on with the show. So let's do that. First up is Alison Sheridan, a former Parallel guest which is the most important part, of course, but also she runs some podcasts over at podfeet.com, including the No Silicast, Chit Chat Across the Palm, Pond, Chit Chat Across the Pond, and Programming by Stealth. I don't know if you do Chit Chat Across the Palm or not. Hi, Allison. How are <laughs> I don't you? think we've
1: done it across the palm, but we've done a, a heavy and light versions of uh, Chit Chat. So uh, yeah, I'm excited to be back on the show.
0: Excellent. Glad you could join us, and another returning guest, and perhaps a partner in crime for Allison. So I don't know what I'm in for. <laughs> Micah Sargent, he is co-host of podcasts on Relay FM, including Clockwise and Query, and also of Somehow I Manage over on the Incomparable. Hi,
2: Micah. Hello, hello. Uh, I am excited to be here and be here with Allison. Yes, we are uh, partners in crime, and I I don't know. I hope. I hope you all have your gin, and I hope uh, (laughs) you're ready to roll.
0: Well, thanks, you guys, for joining me. Um, I'm going to try for the first time a, a little relay custom they call follow-up. Let's see how I do this. This is a couple of bits from previous episodes I wanted to catch you up on. So on episode eight, we talked with Kristen Lopez and Lawrence Carter-Long about Filmstruck. We were all very sad that this service was uh, going to die. And in fact, it did. And Time Warner has since announced that they are going to create a new streaming service that, according to everything I read, is going to be based on HBO. And oh yeah, by the way, maybe there'll be some classic films. So none of us are particularly hopeful. There was a petition to try and save Filmstruck. Didn't get a lot of attention until a bunch of really famous filmmaking type people got involved. Still didn't work. So sad to say Filmstruck is still dead, as they say. Second of all, and this is of much more personal import to my life, uh, I'm currently working on a book called iOS Access for All, almost done in fact, and I discovered as I was working through the book that it was all the rage to put frames around your iOS device screenshots, making them look much nicer than they otherwise did. And I'm all for that trend, except I had to figure out how to make iPhone XR screenshots. And uh, thanks to Federico Vatici's wonderful Siri shortcut, which made it possible to do iPhone XS and many other screenshot types. I could do that, and I could screenshot iPads. But my problem was the iPhone XR. I had to get the exact dimensions, and there wasn't Apple product art available. And I'm going to put a link in the show notes to a shortcut that a Reddit user posted that has made it possible for me not only to do iPhone XR shortcuts, but shortcuts in the color of my choice. Hmm. So it's very exciting, and I now have my 10R screenshots.
2: Yay. Oh, that's awesome. So you can choose, like, blue, black, yellow, all the different colors? Oh there. Yes, it
0: just presents you a, a menu when you, when you run the shortcut. You pick the image that you want to shoot, and then it says which one you want to color. And it doesn't do the multiple, the strings of screenshots the way Federico's 10S thing does. But I don't need to do that. All I need to do, one at a time, is take 10R screenshots. I've taken all of mine in red so far. I thought for a while maybe I would do them in different colors for different chapters. But I don't know. I'm, I'm just having so much fun doing them, and they work, and it's great.
2: Awesome. So.
1: You know, that's the only example, actually, of uh, actually one of two things that I've ever done with Siri Shortcuts is. Uh, I, I found one uh, that does the puts the frames on iPhone screens, and there's something about the iPhone 10, 10R, 10, uh, 10S shape that looks normal when you're looking at it on the phone, but as soon as it's a screenshot, it looks ridiculous. It looks like this long, weird strip, <laughs> and it's one of my favorite yeah. things to do with serious shortcuts, and there are very few things I have figured out I actually <laughs> need to do with it. So it,
0: It's funny. It makes really long screenshots, and the book I'm doing is an EP, EPUB format, and so I'm really concerned about the length and width because people... People view those things at different sizes, and so I had my standard width. That's how I would do the dimension. I'd say I want it to be no more than this many pixels wide. But the 10Rs are so the screenshots are really long, and so I've shrunk them a little bit so that they don't look quite so crazy taking over the page. But you're, you're right; they they do look very different. In, when you put them in those frames than they than they do when you're looking at the phone, which looks perfectly normal. So anyway, I'm just glad it's I've a got it solved because it took me a couple weeks. That. I begged people who had done this in other contexts to help me figure it out, and nobody knew, and I realized that the crux of the problem was that Apple hadn't put out the same kind of product art for the 10R for some reason that they had for all the other devices. And somebody else solved the problem. I was about halfway through solving the problem myself, and then I Googled again and, and found... Found this thing on Reddit that kind of works. So I wish I could say I solved it myself. That would make me feel much better. But <laughs> but <laughs> I did find a solution. So I had to give credit where credit was due. So, yep. Nice. Well, uh, speaking of automation, kind of, sort of, uh, today's topic is home automation because I know that Micah and Allison, among other things, among being partners, besides being partners of crime, in crime, besides being uh, co guests on many podcasts, also are home automation fans and probably uh, know a lot more about it. Than I do, and we'll share that enthusiasm with you.
1: So I guess I'd just love to hear from. No, wait, you. yeah. Wait before you start, yep. you got to say why uh, Micah and I are around. You're together. right,
0: and you reminded me before the show, and I forgot. So here's the thing. So I have been using the Parallel Pod Twitter feed for evil. I've been trying to get my listeners involved, <laughs> and I asked them for topics a couple times ago, and it worked out really well. And so uh, most recently, I asked who should I bring on the podcast, and uh, Shane Jackson, friend of the show suggested Allison and Micah because Shane knows that Allison and Micah have appeared on podcasts together, especially including, Con- Pop, especially including Clockwise, and both have been guests on this show before. So I thought that is so perfect. And I engaged in high-level negotiations and was able to talk them into joining <laughs> us. So thank you, Shane Jackson, for making all of this possible.
2: And there was yes, Jen involved you. in those negotiations. There
0: was. <laughs> <laughs> So much Hendrix.
2: There's always gin involved in, in good negotiations. <laughs> so so many Hendrix Shelly Well, martinis. Shelley is the
1: one who introduced me to Hendrix martinis. So, I did. You know, it was fair. at the
0: CSUN conference in San Diego, and we had lunch, no less. We we sat and drank Hendrix martinis, <laughs> and Allison said, you know, I don't really need the whole thing. And I said, sure, I'll take the rest of that. That's, that's fine. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm apparently— <laughs> well, I think it. you were
1: driving that day. I, I was think, not right? driving. <laughs> I, have, I
0: have No shame. <laughs> I was just going back to the trade show floor. I don't know how my interview sounded the rest of that day when I was putting microphones in people's faces, but it seemed to work out all right.
2: <laughs> yeah, probably made it easier to put microphones in people's faces. Talk yes. to me. Hey, <laughs> hey,
0: you, you over here.
2: Hey, you. Someday I'll tell my Stevie <laughs> Wonder story. Here.
0: It was not that year, but uh, another story, another CSUN. We, we Anyway, I almost got to interview Stevie Wonder. Uh, yeah. So that's a little tease for the listeners, who I'm sure will be on the Twitter feed next week going, shall I tell that story? And I will
2: tell the story. (laughs) So let's
0: talk about home automation. Um, Tell me, guys, what home automation ecosystems are in your lives?
1: You go first. (laughs) Yeah, I think it will always be better if I go first, because he knows so much more about this than I do. (laughs) I think it would be unfair to make me go after him and go, uh, yeah, some of what he said. Um, (laughs) Of of the stuff that I use, um, I've got I've, I try to really go towards uh, home automation that works with a home kit. That's my my main desire. So when it came to a thermostat, I went Ecobee, not Nest. Um, but I have a Nest uh, smoke detector. I've got an August lock. I've got uh, a little bit of uh, Echo, but only enough to just have mockery fun. Um, a little bit of everything. Got some LifeX. got some Wemos, got some... Um, what is it called? The iDevices switches. So
2: it's sprinkled about the house, hue lights, you know. So for me, yes, I am a little bit much. I'm a little bit extra, as uh, as some are wont to say. I think it was excessive, uh, so. is what they meant to say. Right? <laughs> so HomeKit is the basis of my my smart home. Uh, when I buy a smart home product or accessory to put in my house, I look to see the look. I look for the works with Apple HomeKit badge, and the reason that I do that. There are multiple reasons, obviously, because my smart home is based in HomeKit. So automations happen that way. Um, I like Apple's methodology for controlling uh, gadgets in the smart home because it's local network as opposed to sent off to a server and then the server talks, all that kind of stuff. Um, it all happens right there in your home. And you can use Bluetooth LE gadgets even while you're out of the home, so long as you have either an iPad, a Home or an Apple TV uh, that are supported as home hubs. Now, on top of all of those benefits for me is the fact that most of the time, if a gadget has HomeKit compatibility, then it's also going to work at least with Amazon's assistant, A-L-E-X-A. And and so the reason for that is because of the sort of difficulty of getting that works with HomeKit badge It takes a little bit of extra work, and so it's kind of like, if you've gone this far, you might as well scoop up the easier ones while you're at it, which include the Google Assistant and, again, um, Amazon's Assistant. So because I have, (laughs) because I'm a ridiculous human being, and I have uh, several Echoes in the house, a HomePod in the house, and a Google Home in the house... um, I would say 95% of the smart home products I have in my house can work with all of those platforms. And there's just a small percentage that either only works with uh with with Amazon and with Apple or with Apple and Google or you know, just one or the others. And, and everything that I have. I don't think I have anything in my home anymore that does not work with Apple's. Ecosystem because that's how I uh, that's how I control everything. I like using Apple's Home app. It's now on the Mac. Uh, in fact, right before the podcast started, I came in and uh, opened my home app on Mac OS and clicked the scene called podcast to turn on certain lights in my office that I like to have on whenever I'm at my desk. So yeah, that's, uh, that's the basis of my smart home because it's just the way I like to control and things. And
0: yet you have a Google Home and Amazon gadgets. <laughs> is that just for testing yes. purposes or to make yourself crazy or what, why? Why is that?
2: A little bit of everything, I think. No, it's it's mostly for having that awareness of how different um, systems work and how folks use those different systems. And so if they reach out to me with questions, then I'm able to troubleshoot in my own home. But also because I like to know how the sort of smart home ecosystem is growing and how long it takes. It's fun to watch as one of the, and when I'm talking about one of the companies, I'm talking about Apple, Google, and Amazon. Those are the three that are sort of really, uh, for for the everyday user, really tackling, sort of trying to control the smart home from one thing, one hub or one device. And so it's fun watching one of those three come out with an idea and then seeing the other two hop on it as quickly as possible. And you can almost bet that as soon as Google announces something that the Google Home can do, you're going to get an email from Amazon in the next like three or four weeks that says, hey, check out what A-L-E-X-A can do. And it'll be those same exact things. So sort of watching the parody take place is uh, really fascinating to me. But most of the time i'm I'm a bit of a control freak, so I don't like to use my voice to control the home. I like to use the app uh so the voice stuff is for the most part for you know visitors, for guests, for people who need to control the smart home while they're while they're visiting me, but don't necessarily want to have to fiddle with apps and things like that
1: shelly you you hit on a really critical point that people I really recommend people take into account when they do home automation. You do want to pursue those things that make you crazy. You want to make sure that it's as complicated as possible. (laughs) Um, You want to try to make sure you go all different vendors so that everything is fiddly at all times. Um, The way I've really taken that up a notch in my house is anything that isn't HomeKit compatible, I don't allow it to be on my real network. I have a separate dirty, icky network where I put things that are from vendors that I don't really know who they are. And, you know, they're not HomeKit. Uh, I've got a Windows PC. It lives over on that icky network. Um, and the way the network's set up, none of those devices can talk to each other either. So that makes sure that I have as much anarchy in my home and make sure every time you want to do something, it's impossible.
0: It's the seedy side of Allison's network. Yes, over there across the bridge and <laughs> the other side of town. Where no one goes after dark.
1: <laughs> the wrong side of the tracks. Right. Exactly.
0: <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So so is there, a, is there a method behind your madness? I mean, you know that you have that network, so you feel like you can buy something that doesn't necessarily fit into your home kit paradigm. Or you say, this looks cool. I think I'll get one. Is that how you approach all the yeah. vendors? Yeah. <laughs> so
1: like I have um, – and, and I violate my rule all the time. Like I'm a huge <laughs> fan of the WiseCam. I don't know if you guys know about Wyze Cams. Mm-hmm. It's this teeny tiny little cube uh, that uh, is a a webcam and they're 20 bucks, five bucks shipping, 20 bucks to buy. And they're amazing. They have spectacular video. They can store your video online for free for 15 days. You can put an SD card in it. They can run off of a USB battery if you want them to. Um, You can do time lapse. Uh, you can watch stuff real time and we have them sprinkled all over our house, but they're so much fun. We let them be on the real network. They are a hundred percent. They're probably not sending back to China, but it, it really does make you think they probably are.
2: But I understand for 20 bucks. Right. Yeah. yeah. What that's do you say? You know,
1: just... So I have five of them in my house. They have one that does uh, called the wise Cam pan that actually uh, can pan around and you set waypoints. So it goes like every second to a different location Um, But I actually don't like that one as much as just the standalone little cubes. They're absolutely adorable and wonderful. Admit
0: it, you're not. Doing this for home security, you're wanting to catch the animals doing something adorable, right?
1: Absolutely, no. It's Tesla's always on the couch. She's never ever 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 on the couch when we get home. She is always on the couch when we look on the uh, on the webcam. That's
2: hilarious. Oh, and the pan is only thirty dollars. Right? They're that,
1: very. Interesting. I
2: don't like that. I don't understand why it's only thirty dollars. I need to know why it's only. And the $30. software is
1: the, the hardware is um, is fairly standardized. You can find other cameras that look exactly like it, but the software is fantastic. They it's it's a uh, it's a a really uh, great piece of kit. And, it, and these, what ecosystem does it things. like? Um, actually, I'm just looking at the newest one. Looks like it has some Alexa in it. Mm.
2: Yeah, that's what I see. Yeah, that
1: might be a that might be just a recent firmware update. I'll put a link of it to this in the show notes. But uh, I'm in love with these things. They came out with a Black Friday special. You could buy a black one, and they said it was incredibly mm. difficult to make. So they just made it for Black Friday, and then they stopped again. <laughs>
2: Why was it? Oh boy. They, Oh, there's a whole explanation of why it was hard. Oh, see, I want to talk to these people now. Oh, they're fun. I just want to know what is going on. Why is this only twenty dollars? And then if they can tell me, and I feel good about it, <laughs> I, want, I need to put these everywhere. Oh, see, so yeah, <laughs> you're already
0: you're already making a shopping list. I did not anticipate that, but uh, yeah, I better hurry up and yeah. release the show for those last minute holiday shoppers. So, so that sort of leads into my next question was, which was going to be, what do you automate? around your house? What are the things that you actually have these gadgets doing for you? Uh, Allison's got cameras looking at everything and everybody, apparently. What else?
1: Well, like like Micah, one of my favorite ones is, um, I say, it's showtime. And my LifeX strip goes on up on my mantle behind me that lights up all my little geeky toys that I like to be visible during my live show. Um, it cool. turns off the iDevice switch that has the landline plugged into it because I'm 150 years old, I have a landline. And uh, (laughs) uh, the third thing it does is it tells the Ecobee to turn off the heater so that you won't suddenly hear this (sighs) on the audio recording.
2: Oh, okay. So I love that. I love, love, love that. Uh, That's a fantastic one. Um, Speaking of automations, I think that, you know, this is kind of the area where you go from someone who feels really cool like they're a wizard for being able to hit a button and watch their lights turn on or turn different colors. And that's like, you know, when someone first gets the smart home started out, it's really fun to be able to use their voice or to use an app and then like show everybody, watch that light over there. It's going to turn blue. That's fun. (laughs) Like a light switch. (laughs) Yeah, but what's awesome is when you can take your smart home and make it work for you. And that's sort of the next level. When you start investing in the smart home, whenever you start getting more products, when you get products that aren't as uh, on their face, like demonstrative, but are really helpful to automate your smart home, that's when things get interesting. So an example of that in my hallway is one of my all-time favorite smart home gadgets, and it is the Philips Hue Motion. Now, yes. this is that's top of my yes. list too. <laughs> Oh, awesome. Yes, because okay, so it is a tiny little square. um, And on the back of it, it's sort of indented, like, uh, like a little, almost like a ball joint, and then it sticks to a mount that is magnetic. And so that way, you can sort of adjust how it fits on there. On top of being a motion sensor, and I have a lot more to say about this, but on top of being a motion sensor, it also has a uh, temperature sensor inside, and an ambient light sensor inside. It is also, and this is the most important thing, the most responsive device I have probably in my entire smart home. Like my Hue lights are fine. They're responsive. They work pretty quickly, but for a motion sensor, this thing is ridiculous because it has never failed me. And here's why this is important. So they, uh, Philips, Hue originally created these motion sensors for transitional spaces. So you can think of those as like hallways, stairwells, uh, like your garage, entryways, things like that. Spaces where you're only spending a little bit of time and moving on to the next place. The idea is that it detects motion and then it does whatever thing you want it to do and then after a period of no longer detecting motion it stop it like shuts off or turn however you have it set up so for me I have mine in the corner of my hallway I've just got one hallway in my house and it leads to the bedrooms and to the master bathroom in the back of the house and then in the front of the house is where my living room and all that kind of stuff is so if people need to use you know the master uh, bathroom or going to the guest bedroom or what have you, when they walk into the hallway, immediately the motion sensor detects them. It turns on the light in the hallway and then, you know, they go to whatever room they need to. And then shortly after it dims that light and then shuts it completely off. Here's why this is so important that it's responsive because in my hallway is a switch on the wall that would normally turn on and off the light in the hallway. But I have a Philips Hue bulb in the out or rather in the, you know, the overhead fixture that's in the hallway. And if they were to flip that switch, then it would turn off that Hue light and we'd have problems because it wouldn't work because that Philips Hue motion is so responsive. (laughs) Their brain doesn't even get a chance to think, oh, I should turn on this light switch because the light has already sensed their motion. It's already turned on. They don't even need to worry about switches. Don't even need to like bring their hand up to touch the switch because it's already done. And that's why I love this thing. And on top of that, at night, when it's about, you know, uh, I can't remember what time I have it set up for, but after a certain period of time the light in the hallway only comes on at what's called night light it's a very dim very warm mm-hmm. light so that it doesn't blast anybody that's in the hallway which is incredible and because of that ambient light sensor that's inside if there's enough sun in the hallway then it won't turn on the light at all because there's no need to have it on philipsy motion sensor is the best i can't believe
1: i actually wrote notes and this is uh, almost everything you've said was on my list of exactly what to say and
2: omg <laughs> no but
1: but it does speak to the what really changes in home automation is at first exactly like he said you get yourself a hue light you're like look i can make it red you know it's it's, it's really kind of stupid and you never do anything with it. And so I was working on all these automations to be able to walk into the room and say things. And I went to my sister-in-law's house and she would walk down the hall and she would say, Hey lady, turn on the hall lights, you know, and they'd do it you know, two out of three times and everything. And, uh, and, but then somebody told me, and I wish I, I think it was, um, it was Denise, uh, Denise told me about it. She said to get one of these and I put it in and I realized that true automation is when you don't participate at all. So when I walk up to my car, it yes. unlocks automatically. When I walk into my family room, my Hue light comes on automatically. When I go to my front door uh, and and I come back from my walk with my dog, my August lock unlocks my door. It's not cool that I can lift up my watch and say, "Hey, uh, you know, hey S lady." Uh, turn on, open. <laughs> my friend Joe Dugansk of, of Smarter Home Life always says, hey, ass lady. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you don't want to say turn on the light or, or or unlock the door, you want it just to do it for you. And that is what the Hue Motion Sensor does. So I tried to take this up a notch. The Ecobee that I bought came with uh, four, three or four extra little sensors, uh, or I bought it that way, whatever, I have three of them. And so they're supposed to sense the temperature and motion in a room. And and this is going to get back to exactly why the hue motion sensor is so cool, is we thought, okay, well, I can set up an automation that says to turn on Steve's light when we walk into the room because it's got this Ecobee sensor. And it would work sometimes. It would take maybe three seconds to turn on. So I contacted Ecobee and they said... Yeah, no, that's not what these things are for, because heat is something that's slow and, you know, ambient, you know, you've got... Heat isn't something that needs to go, bam, turn on instantly, right? So we Mm -hmm. didn't design these things to be able to do that. You're using a Hue Motion Scissor, that's the right thing to keep using for that. Ah,
0: excellent. See, I agree about the automation just doing its thing and not being, you know, showy intervention. And I sort of instinctively knew that, which is probably why I don't have as much automation as I could because I got hue bulbs and I put them in the lights outside my house and I put them on a timer wow. for sunrise and sunset. And and to me, it's amazing that I never Same. have to remember to turn my lights on and off, but it's not a very good story. I mean, it just works. Well, because, I, right. because
1: you can do that yeah. with a, like a $12 timer, what you, what you've told those to do, right? Sure. I mean, it, yeah. you have to mess with it every time the time changes, but it well, is. But that's it, the thing you, you don't really because with the, since
0: it's sunrise and sunset based. No, I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. If it
1: was a twelve dollar timer, you would have had right. to have uh, messed with it. So it, and the ones, it's in, good, and the ones in the backyard
0: are colored bulbs, and so if I ever decide to have a party at my house again, which I will at some point when our backyard gets to looking a little better, um, I might have a little fun with colored lights. But the idea that automation just kind of works in the background, and I I, I feel like that's. Probably going to happen with shortcuts and shortcuts that people really use in terms of automating stuff that they do on their computers, that it's not how many tricks can I do all at once, but it's how can I actually make my life easier and concatenate all these steps that I'm doing one at a time right now.
2: Good use of the word concatenate. Yeah. Like oh, thanks.
0: That. Thanks. are <laughs> <They're> my favorites.
2: <laughs> oh. It's, it's incredible when those things just work. And, and for me, the lights in my front and backyard, uh, as opposed to having Hue lights outside, what I have instead are two... Um, Kugeek is one of the companies that makes uh, well-priced, HomeKit-enabled different devices. But what I like are their in-wall switches. So they've got um, a single and double uh, in-wall switch. And so I've got one of those... Um, running to the front yard lights and then one running to the backyard lights. And within the home app, I have it set up every day at sunset, flip on those lights every day at sunrise, flip off those lights. And um, when the holidays come around and I've got, you know, yard lights out there, then I usually run that off of an iDevices switch that does the same thing from within the home app at sunrise, um, shut them off at sunset, turn them on. Um, And depending, I might, sometimes I'll set it where it's, they don't need to run all night and I'll just have them turn off at some point.
0: I was just gonna say, when you were putting all that stuff together, did you think ahead of time about, this is what I want to do, now I'm going to go get the stuff to do it? Or did you start with Ooh, that looks cool. And then no, you
2: just buy a bunch of stuff first. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that so that is how I, yeah, when I first started getting into this kind of thing, yeah, I just bought a bunch of well, over time, you know, collected stuff that was cool and it wasn't until I think I got my um the the hue motion sensor, my first hue motion sensor that I started to think about projects and how to set them up. And then, uh, every once in a while I'd find like a good deal on different products. So Eve, Mo- Eve makes a motion sensor as well. That's Eve home used to be Elgato Eve now as Eve home. Um, and so I would buy, you know, you'd get like buy one, get one free deals on those. And Philips Hue usually runs deals. And so over time, I had an excess of different devices. And so I started to think about how to use those, you know, more project based as opposed to just, I want to get all the things and put them in my house. (laughs) And, um, I have moved, uh, like, I, I don't, I don't own the house that I live in, I rent the house that I live in and have uh, rented houses before. And so each new house invites new challenges with the smart home and the opportunity to sort of figure out. And when I you know, moved to the house that I live in now, I was more thoughtful of how to go about doing real automation as opposed to just, OK, well, now I've got a new light so I can replace that light and I can replace this light. Whereas at the beginning, uh, that's kind of how it was. It's like, all right, you know, you've got some extra cash hanging out and you might as well snag two more hue bulbs <laughs> so that you can replace these lamps in this place. Now it's like, all right, project based.
1: I think I've got one that uh, that uh, Micah may not have ever done Um Steve has a weather station, and it's kind of comedic because we live in Southern California, so there isn't actually (laughs) weather. You know, our, our temperature band is like six degrees and it rains 15 minutes a year. But for some reason, we're just as obsessed with weather as anybody else. So he got this weather station and it was pretty cool because he was able to connect it to weather underground. So we can actually see what the exact weather is at our house. We can see on a graph and it's super fun to go online and show people. We can look, we can see, no, it still hasn't rained. Um, But then he got a Rachio, I got him a Rachio sprinkler system and he was able to connect the two. So it happened to have actually rained this year. In a, uh, last week, it rained like one and a half whole days in a row. And our Ratchio did not water the lawn for three days because of that. Because it knew. Wow. Because they were talking to each other. That's cool. so cool. That's really, no, yeah, I have not I done that. I asked him that to, is, to write it really up, neat. but he can't because it was so hard. I am not kidding you. He actually had to contact Noah, the, 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 the weather the Oh, wow. People. Because they like uh, weather stations to be connected because they want all that data, right? They're the weather guys. They uh-huh. want it, they want to know all all the microcosms of weather. So they go out of their way to help you do it. But it was like three different institutions you had to go through. And it was like, it was a complete oh nightmare. So if you really want to spend some time on home automation, I, I can highly recommend trying to do that.
0: I think I might have a gift idea for somebody who's just across the wall over there and can't hear me. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) so a little behind the scenes. So here at Relay, we have this tool that lets us add bookmarks from a bookmarklet as we do the show. And normally, I add bookmarks as I'm editing the show. But as you guys have been talking. I have been frantically Googling and adding bookmarks. My list is going to be so long <laughs> by the time we're done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: I've been, I've been putting links that. in the show notes like you told us, though.
0: Uh, uh, <laughs> so I've,
1: I've been doing that, too.
0: Oh, all right. Well, I, just because I wanted to see what stuff costs. And wait, that sprinkler system, I, I totally want one of those. Yeah, I'm, I'm oh, putting that yeah. in right Sweet. now. Thanks. I'm oh, dropping oh, them in. Oh, I see. Look, she's editing the doc even as we speak. That's great. I do as I'm told. You told us to. (laughs) Well, I know I did, but nobody listens usually, so.
2: (laughs) Allison is a I appreciate your
0: following instructions. (laughs) So are there things that you would like to, are there sort of white whales of automation that you'd like or things that just not not necessarily related to products that that exist out there, but just things you would like to automate that you are either working on or haven't quite figured out how to do yet or just that is in your head?
1: I have a fun little one that has been a source of entertainment for the family. After we did a bunch of home construction, I moved my office to a different, my uh, my den with my studio into a different room, and it's great. It's really been wonderful, except for one thing. I'm now above the garage, so I can be doing a recording, and Steve will forget and open the garage door, and it sounds like thunder over the microphone. And so I was trying to think, uh, I was talking to my daughter and I said, uh, she's real geeky. And I said, uh, you know, I want to do like a, like a light that I can trigger with it's showtime that this light will blink on the door downstairs. And she said, uh, she said, yeah, yeah, that would be really cool. And, and she, she came up with another, oh no, that was her idea. That's right. That was her idea. And then I mentioned it to Steve and he said, why don't you just put a, a smart switch on the garage door itself? So I can't. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and I, it might be a little heavy handed for the problem, because what if he really needs to, you know, but uh, that, that's something I want to figure out a way to make him stop making noise. But I think it's more That's global awesome. than the garage door. We
0: we literally have the same problem because my little podcast studio is on the other side of the garage. So if he opens the door, it rumbles. And we were just talking about that. What sort of signal could I send? I'm podcasting now. I'm not podcasting now. And and we yeah we have we need to work something out. Maybe. I don't know a colored bulb out there. Maybe that would work. Maybe not. It depends. There's a lot of human engineering that goes on. I was going to ask Micah about that too because you were talking about making your home automation work so that your guests behave in the way that you want to. And I feel like the, the garage problem is a similar <laughs> one where you're actually trying to convince people to do something or not doing so, do something for your own for your convenience. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so as far as white whale projects, um I really want um I want this this involves series shortcuts. I want series shortcuts to <laughs> improve in a way that allows me to do uh, stuff that involves music. So I I re- and and I know that there you know you can have it play music on your phone or your iPad or what have you. Or if it's like, I just want it to be a cleaner experience to where if I, I set up a shortcut that's like my good morning shortcut, we'll say. So I wake up in the morning and I say, hey, S lady, good morning. And uh, Siri says back to me, good morning, Micah, and then tells me the weather and then turns on the lights in my uh, bedroom to sort of start to wake me up and then plays music on my home pod Because I actually, most mornings, the way that I wake up is I grab a bottle of water, I pick a song that I want to listen to, and I like dance to start my day, just get that cardio going. And I like, I really like doing that. It's a fantastic way to wake up, I feel. And that's typically how my day starts. So, why can't I just go ahead and automate that experience? Shortcuts doesn't allow for like, airplay settings to to be involved. And so I'd love to see better integration with music libraries. Um, ALEXA can do some of this, but if I have a HomePod, I don't really want to listen on this low quality Amazon Echo speaker. Uh, So probably what's going to end up happening is I'm just going to have to, you know, shrug my shoulders and say, all right, I guess I'll just buy some nice some semi nice speakers and connect them to an echo dot and then use alexa routines um to do this I, would just, I just think that'd be great <laughs> i can start music the lights can come on maybe it turns on my coffee like all these different things can happen and it is the whole kit and caboodle of my morning routine that would make me you want to use those types of, of routines more i think and one other thing that i'll say about. Um, you know, something that I want to experiment with. I have not had a chance to do it yet, but, um, iDevices, and I will go ahead and, uh, look this up so that it can go to the show notes. (laughs) iDevices makes, I've said this for ages, uh, and it is still true. They make my all time favorite smart plug. Um, it is excellent in design. I have never had issues with connectivity. Um, it is, again, it's it's pretty. It doesn't have an issue where it uh, has the the plug on the front of it, um, which is an issue for, uh, you know, whenever it's, the plug's on the front, then it looks like sort of a huge thing sticking out of the wall. And I do not like that, obviously. So this has the plug on the side, but it also has an LED light strip along the front of it. And here's what's awesome. Uh, I, a long time ago, I messaged iDevices and I said, Folks, you have got to get IFTTT support because if you do get IFTTT support, then I can have this awesome little switch be my indicator for the morning where it will go ahead and, and I, like I said, I haven't tested this yet. So I know they have, they just added IFTTT support, but I don't know if this feature is available. But I've got an iDevices plug that's in my uh, bedroom and. It, the the LED light I will have uh, turn on at night in red. So that way, you know, it can serve as a nightlight for me to see. I would love for IFTTT to check the weather for the next day and then turn the light strip a certain color depending on the forecast. So that way, all I have to do is glance over at my iDevice to switch on the wall and I know, oh, it's light blue. That means it's going to rain tomorrow. Or, oh, it's yellow. That means it's going to be sunny. Or, oh, it's plain white. So that means it's going to be cloudy. Or, oh, it's red. There's probably going to be a thunderstorm. I really want that to be a feature that's available. So I am waiting, keeping my fingers crossed, and uh, going to get that set up to see if if that's possible. Because so, I really like the idea of passive. Micah, I um, didn't even know automation. that that had a light strip.
1: That's the one that I use to control my landline, so it's under a desk. I've never noticed it had a light strip. Oh, no. <laughs> what
0: do you mean control your landline? Yes. What does it do?
1: So uh, it turns it off, so it can't ring. Oh, so right now there's a phone on my desk, but there's no way it could ring.
0: Okay. So another podcast-friendly routine. Yeah, that's part of
1: that's part of uh, it's showtime. (laughs) By the way, I, that's another example what Micah was talking about. I originally had it where I could open up HomeKit and I could press a button to to turn all the lights on and off. And I thought, wait a minute, it's more fun to go. It's showtime. (laughs) I throw my arms in the air. I mean, that's
0: a lot more fun than saying "Good morning, lady." Tell me the weather. Which is what I do when I go in the kitchen and I talk to the echo, because that's at the moment how I'm doing that and I'm not really satisfied with that routine. But uh, I'm I'm working on it.
1: (laughs) You need something where you can throw your arms in the air with excitement while you're dancing in the in the morning, right? (laughs) Yeah, so
0: so Micah, when you get the music thing, where does your music coming from in that case? Is it Amazon Prime or where? If it's going through the echo Uh, speakers.
2: It could be it could be from anything. I have a Spotify yeah. subscription. Um, Amazon is about to, or the Echo is Apple about music, to have right. Apple Music subscription. I have one of those as well because I'm ridiculous and have both. I have my reasons, I swear. Uh, you don't have kind of to justify so them so to me. Oh, my God. Thank you. Yeah, this is a room full Thank of enablers. I what know, are, you, what right? are you apologizing for? Like, why? Why so That's many true. services? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, I would have it, yes, set up with Spotify probably because that one, that way I tend to listen to Apple Music in the car. And if I were to be playing Spotify and then like start up or start another Spotify thing, then it would stop and that'd ruin everything. So by having the separate ones, it won't stop one or the other because I don't have a family account for one person because that's a little <laughs> too much for me. That, that takes for it too you. far. <laughs> Yeah, even for me, it, that takes limits. it too far.
1: I have a family subscription <laughs> to Apple Music, and I don't listen to music at all. <laughs> and my kids, oh, that's and my right. kids use Spotify. A, a yeah, it, it, it was
0: actually really funny because I something I was doing for the book the other day, I decided that I would sign up for another Apple Music free trial so that everything would get populated and I could write about it more intelligently. And so the first thing I did was look to see find my Apple music friends. And I saw Allison on there. And I was like, wait a minute.
1: I saw you. She me doesn't up.
0: like music. What is going on? <laughs> There's a reason for that.
1: I was I was watching a, um, a tutorial by Don McAllister on screencast online, where he was explaining how you could sign up to be friends with people on, on Apple music. And he described a specific thing that couldn't be done, a way of moving a playlist or renaming it or something. And I thought, oh, he's wrong. I bet I can do it. So I created an account while I was on the elliptical and I figured out how to do it and I recorded it so that I could send it to him. And all of a sudden, everybody started friending me. <laughs> You're like, the only stop it. I, I'm
0: not friends with you, musical people.
1: <laughs> the only music uh, playlist I have in there is one I made for my grandson's first birthday that it all had to be animal music. Hmm. So it's got, like, Georgia the Jungle and stuff like that. Well, the funny
0: thing about the Apple Music subscription is that the day I did that was the day that they announced it was coming to the Echo. And while I agree that I don't really want to play music to the Echo, I I have a Sonos system. So the Sonos and the Echo are currently connected. And so now I am imagining the sort of triple play of sending Apple Music to the Echo and out the Sonos.
1: (laughs) Oh, nice. Nice. (laughs) Woo! I did use AirPlay 2 for the first time this last weekend. Oh, yeah? I, I... I figured out, well, we have a HomePod and I wanted to get a second one so we could have more music in the house for this party we were throwing. And Steve was like, you want to spend another 300 and whatever dollars just for one party? <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess I don't <laughs> have to. But then I figured out that all of the Apple TVs that are sprinkled around the house, the 4s and 4Ks are all uh, AirPlay too. So I took one from my bedroom and I hooked it up to the TV that's in the uh, kitchen that happens to be hooked up to a JBL sound system. And I was able to get... Three oh, Apple TVs nice. and my HomePod all playing simultaneously, and it was only kind of
2: fiddly. <laughs> yeah, it's it. I've had a little. F- I've had a few run-ins at first. It seems like once you sort of. Uh, kick it into gear then it works a lot better after that it seems so, i i've had easier time going there's after a afterwards. curiosity with that though when
1: when i started it up i put it on um the apple tv in the kitchen and the HomePod in the fan in the living room and then i th- and then for some reason it just occurred to me to yell out hey s lady next track And the HomePod answered. And that got me thinking, wait a minute, is my phone even necessary to be throwing the music to this anymore? So I disconnected from, I put it in airplane mode and I shut it off and the music continued to play.
2: Hmm. Interesting. So once I
1: threw it, it was, I'm not sure who was in charge because it could have been the Apple TV. It could have been the the HomePod. I don't know. Because, right?
2: Wow. That's interesting. Now I
1: tried an, an experiment later. I tried to do it again and it, and it. Uh, as soon as I did, when I didn't have the HomePod involved, I had two Apple TVs, then it did stop. So I think it might've been the HomePod that was, had taken over.
0: So where are the Apple TVs playing? They're not to the JBL or to some, to other
1: speakers? So they, oddly, you have to have a TV connected or it might Mm. work if you just had digital optical out to a speaker. I'm not sure. But, uh, in my case, all of my TVs have nice speakers connected to them. But the TVs have to come on. So you have this, you know, 55-inch TV showing an Apple screensaver right. where I really wanted it to show, like, snow or a fireplace or something like that. But instead it was doing that because it was busy playing music. But it did work. It was very nice having music everywhere. And you can control the volume of each one separately. It's pretty nifty.
0: That's fun. Have you done anything with automation and television or streaming services?
1: Not really. Um, You had asked the question and I I hadn't uh, answered yet of Mm -hmm. uh, my second thing I want to be able to do Ah, that I haven't been able to, uh, I've wondered about. Uh, Siri shortcuts are absolutely the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. I mean, they are just constantly, (laughs) they're constantly recommending like, errors and typos that i've made to people that hey you want to send that text message again where you misspelled this it's like no i don't um but the one that amazes me is i go i go to the gym every other day i go to the beach every other day in both cases i go to a place and then i leave that place and within seven minutes i am at starbucks two different starbucks two different original locations not once not ever has it said hey do you want me to bring up the starbucks app when you leave the gym why is it, shouldn't it have figured that out by now? I leave the gym, I get off Wi-Fi there, I get in my car, I get on Bluetooth, I open the Starbucks app. It knows all three of those things. Why does it not figured that one out yet? Hmm. It should. It yes. tells me it's time to go it home knows. and how long it's going it to take. It knows you don't like it. <laughs> my version it's of telling? that is
0: I get recommended to listen to the same podcast the same time. Every day, but they're podcasts that come out weekly. So it's not like, <laughs> why would I listen to that last Thursday? It's now Tuesday. I don't think there's an episode waiting for me, but thanks. So so, so you haven't done, you say you haven't, I, I interrupted you on that to ask you about TV and streaming and, and the like.
1: Not really done any automation on that other than, you know, telling TiVo to do things for me. I do like, I do like the TiVo system with, uh, um, I've got four of the, I've got a TiVo Bolt with four of the TiVo minis around the house, or three or four, and that's awesome. I was able to dramatically uh, reduce my cost because I've got a six-tuner TiVo that then controls all of those other TVs uh, or allows all those other TVs access to the channels and everything that is recorded, which is pretty nifty.
0: But you're not enabling that by any sort of magic tricks of saying, hey, turn this on and play my favorite show or record this or that. No, no. How about you, Micah?
2: Yeah, no. Yeah, That so that's one of the things, I guess, that's kind of left out of um, home automation uh, is sort of TV and entertainment. Entertainment stand magic. Um, you know, there, there's the simple stuff like HDMI CEC that allows you to hit the like, I can hit the home button on my Apple TV and it will turn on the Apple TV and my television at the same time. But <laughs> that's like the extent of what's possible with that. There are third party devices like the oh, goodness, it's something the LG makes and I can't think of the name of it, but it's this uh, device that. Is it's got like IR blasters in it, and essentially you can use it to you know turn on your Apple TV, turn on your receiver, turn on uh your television, and do all of the necessary steps to get something ready. And so, I could see you know you tying that into the experience in order to create uh create like a a way to automate all of that. But for the most part, I mean, I don't really watch, I very rarely watch television, I mostly listen to audio books when I'm looking for entertainment. Um, And so for me, like, the TV very rarely comes on. So the the fact that I can just use the Apple TV remote to control everything that I need to, which is basically just to go to the Netflix app and turn up and down the volume, (laughs) then I'm good to go. I don't need anything extra. The only
0: people I've heard talk in detail about automation with, with TV seem to have the Harmony remote, and there seems to be some th- things you can do with that. That's but I don't I don't know anything about how that works. The fact that I watch very little TV is why I want it automated, because my husband will be watching whatever he's watching or doing whatever he's doing. He uses our big screen TV as a computer because it's connected to his Linux box, and that's just what he likes to do. But if I want to come and watch a movie or something, half the time I forget which combination of inputs and knobs I need to turn. And I would just like it to say, <laughs> turn on Shelly's Cody server, and it would all work and it would be great. And, and I, I sometimes think that's one value of automation is if you can remember what the command is, then the next step is, oh, well, these tasks that you don't do very often and that you don't have muscle memory on can be performed for you. But then, like I say, the trick is then having a command that you also remember, which is the problem I have with actual Siri shortcuts as opposed to shortcuts themselves, which I can activate by punching a button, but with a Siri shortcut, oh, what command did I create for that thing? I have no idea.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> what did I call that again? And then it, you you name it something too similar to something that Siri already does, and it gets confused, and that's obnoxious. I just had that happen today when I was trying to... I'm going to have to change the name of my um my desk setup scene. I guess I'll do it showtime, <laughs> because right now it... uh. It it's it thought that I was talking about the Apple Podcasts app, and I was like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I don't know. So that that every time that happens, I get the i get reinforced with my uh control issues where i would rather just click a button in an app to make adjustments than to use my voice to let siri disappoint me i just don't want to give her that power you know? voice that you just give it gave that power. Was just
1: what we all think no, no, <laughs> exactly. no i wish like, i was that
0: patient <laughs> with the a lady when she uh, says things that when she does not understand my commands Instead, I say, "Okay, no, speaking, you horrible heroine of a podcast. <laughs> no, you, you bad, bad a lady."
2: <laughs> See, and okay, so this I had some family members come and stay with me, and at that point, uh, the echoes were relatively newer, especially you know, like now, pretty. It seems like everybody has one, but they were still sort of in a del- early adopter phase or like just coming out of it, so they hadn't really played with one. And they started to use mine and I was uh, – like they were house sitting for me. I came back and I was uh, doing something where I was checking to see about um, the responses that were going through and like ones that were failing and ones that were uh, going well because you can sort of train it and help it figure out what's good and what's not. And I went back and I saw all of these curse words (laughs) popping up in uh, my – the little list. And I hit the little play button and it was my family members thinking it was hilarious to curse at the Echo. And so I sent a message to them and I was like, I have every single (laughs) dirty word you said to this tower. And do you know that Amazon has these stored somewhere and I am disappointed in you. (laughs) Uh, Don't talk bad to my tower. Get one of your own.
0: (laughs) Well, that that sort of brings up an interesting question. I've thought about that because I have an echo because – My sister gave me one and she was the first family member. I I knew about them before, but in in her house, her children were more than happy to show me everything that they had taught it to do. So here's my question. If you go to someone's home and and they have an assistant, uh, whether it be a Google Home or uh, an Echo, uh, is it rude to start commanding someone else's devices?
1: Oh, I would say so. (laughs) I mean, unless they invited you to, that would seem intrusive like ordering their I mother around question. or something i sort of it?
0: think so too and I, I wonder like how far can you go like maybe you could turn the volume up or down but you couldn't you shouldn't change the music that would be rude uh you shouldn't
2: oh my lord order it I to love sing
0: this i mean yeah like I
2: <laughs> yeah that's a great social question what do you think micah yeah okay so wow oof um yeah i don't think you should Uh, see, usually I get to skip that barrier because most people who, you know, like friends and family know that I'm the tech guy. So they'll usually have a question for me about it and then I can show them using my voice. But yeah, if music is being played or there's like a timer or something or, you know what I mean? Any of those kinds of things, it would be, I don't, what? It'd be the same as like the rules in the car for when uh, you're driving with, with people and who gets right. to control the music. Like, those are some pretty sacred rules, and you don't want to just change somebody's song in the middle of the song. Oh man, that is interesting. I I hope that the listeners out there will respond with what they feel uh, oh, yes. is right Please and proper. Do. I think for Prop- me, parallel
0: pods on yeah, Twitter, I and know. I'll absolutely include it in the next show if you have thoughts about what's proper. The the one we had at, at my sister's house after a while after I had had my device and had gotten sufficiently proficient that I could teach it teach her tricks that she didn't know was I was showing my sister something and one of her kids who was probably eight came in and superseded my command by telling the echo to do something else <clears throat> and my sister who is very good about saying to her children i'm talking to your aunt shelly right now please don't interrupt quickly turned around and said no william you do not order the echo around while shelly and i are talking oh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oof. see and i think that that's like i think that's right I, it's I mean, okay. so thank God um, we've come a long way in terms of of like proper,
1: uh, proper, what's the word
2: I'm looking for? Uh, Proper etiquette. But what I'm specifically talking about, like, it used to be a much more normalized and everyday thing for wealthy people to have like live in what were essentially servants um, and in many cases were. And these days, like I'm sure that there are some people who hire like housemaids and things like that. Um, I, I just, I think that if you, yeah, like when you walk into somebody's home, you don't go up to their stereo and change that and you don't go to the television and, yeah. and you know, flip the channel when they're watching something in their house. And I think that the echo falls in the same place, unless you're like super comfortable. Oh boy, this is hard. I don't I, know. I,
0: see, I, I agree. <laughs> in principle. I think there are exceptions. And I do think that if my sister and I have a playful relationship and I walk into her house, well, okay, here's a good, my brother-in-law really does not like the sound of music. He makes fun of it. My sister loves it, and he makes fun of it constantly. I think it would be hilarious and entirely appropriate to walk into her house and say, hey, A-Lady, play These Are a Few of My Favorite Things, to annoy my brother, though. But it would <laughs> oh, be funny, absolutely. and I would the only sibling. do it
1: once. You said somebody's house, <laughs> right, yeah. but sibling, obviously. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's sibling-in-law that's <laughs> pushing it a little bit, but sibling, absolutely do it. That's not rude. Right. Yeah. It's almost required, especially my since mom she gave too. me my first
0: Echo Dot. It's like she's getting payback. <laughs>
1: Exactly. They, yes, they'd, uh, yeah. they'd have it coming. Right. Indeed.
2: <laughs> yeah, but not like in the middle of a, like you said, not in the middle of a demonstration or no. sort of talking about it. Or a, or, yeah. know, a holiday yeah. <laughs> dinner
0: yeah. party when the in-laws were over. or everything. Just like... <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, my Lord. That's some slippery slope. I love it. No, stuff. please, uh, <laughs> please <laughs> chime in <laughs> at Parallel
0: Pods if you have opinions,
2: folks.
1: We're trying to bring people together nowadays. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're not trying to drive exactly. a wedge between them.
0: So I guess we, we talked about it a little bit, but are there are there things in your automation life that just work and that you're pleased with because they behave exactly as you would wish and make your life better? <laughs> oh, well, sorry, I've got another question. question coming up later about the opposite. So let's just start with the good stuff. So, so, so what's working automation wise and doesn't require a lot of fiddling on your part?
2: I go back to the Hue motion sensor. Um, Genuinely, since the beginning, I've not had any issues with that. It was fiddly in the sense of getting it set up. But I think that any, I mean, you have to do that with everything. When you get a new car, you set your chair just right. And you, you know, you figure out how, uh, (laughs) how it likes. And then you get a new uh, battery this week
1: and it it, uh, erases all the settings and you're really upset.
2: Oh no! Yeah, you got to reset your settings when you get a new phone. You got to set up your all those kinds of things. So there's always going to be some fiddly stuff at the beginning. But in terms of like longest lasting, least issues, uh, all of my hue lighting has has been that way. Uh, That's the reason why I recommend either hue or Lifx bulbs and other lighting accessories, because those two have done a good job. Well, I've had some trouble with my LifeX light strip from time to time, but my Hue lighting has has really always been uh, sturdy and steadfast for me, and I haven't had any issues with that. So yeah, anything in that, including the um, dimmer switches, which I use as HomeKit switches uh, in my home. And the hue light strip, which I don't recommend because it can only do one color across. Like it can do m- millions of colors, but it only does that one Ugh. color across. You can't the whole even strip, paint the light strip like you can annoying. with the LifeX? Jeez. Nope, you can't. It's ridiculous, and I don't understand. Can't even. Ugh. But it's great. So yeah, I, that that's my choice. What about so you, I would
1: honestly? definitely go with the, the Hue motion sensor in particular, combined with the Hue light. Um, I would also put the August lock up on that same level of it just works, um, except for two experiences I had. We just had uh, five months of absolute horror having our house uh, remodeled. And the construction workers threw away the uh, what's the name of the the thing that makes it go on Wi-Fi? There's a separate device. The little August Connect. Yeah, the little August Connect. Yeah, so the August Connect goes close to your door, and the, the door only does Bluetooth LE, so it projects over to this um, to the Connect. And then the connect goes on your Wi-Fi network and uh, then you can access it remotely. And it was awesome being able to have this when we had construction workers over because we didn't give anyone a key to our house. We gave the two contractors codes to get in and they nice. could remotely unlock the door for all for the painters and plumbers and all the other people so uh the, you know normally you give a key to your house well you don't know whether they copied that key or anything right right and mm-hmm. um so it worked really well i have a uh had written to august um they didn't seem super receptive to the idea but i think they need to add a another level of uh granularity to the kind of controls you can have because you're either a guest And all you can do is unlock the door when you're standing there or you are an owner and you have complete and total control and can unlock the door for other people. So unbeknownst to my two contractors, they could have taken us off the system because they were owners but uh it did allow them to unlock the door and everything and and that was great until the construction workers in unplugging things to move to paint or whatever they threw away the connect and yeah i was really bummed it was like 79 bucks too i'm like yeah they're not yeah they're not cheap. i hated that guy i really should have charged him for it but anyway uh yeah you should have. if it was all up to me i would have micah but uh my husband's a nicer person so uh (laughs) Ah, uh, <laughs> so that was a bummer. But the, <laughs> the other bummer is so the the August lock works with your uh, deadbolt. So on the outside of your house, it looks like a normal door. It, you can't tell that there's a smart lock. And on the inside, there's this big round handle that grabs the lock and goes chunk and actually drives a little motor, drives the deadbolt in and out. But then we've got a door handle that's also got a little lock on the handle. We got to make sure that lock never gets locked because if somebody locks that, it doesn't <laughs> yes. matter. You can't get in. So we had it covered in blue tape. I mean, every like three layers of blue tape to make sure nobody would lock that lock. And the painter was leaving one time and he knew we had some, or he knew he was the last one to leave. So he got an exacto knife, cut open that little hole, pulled it out and locked it. And it was the first time we ever left our dog overnight by herself. And we had a dog sitter coming and she couldn't get in the house.
0: Oh no. And, oh, that's so frustrating. Yeah,
1: it was uh yeah, it was it was it was bad. Luckily we had at the time we had a Heideki key that was so well hidden. I was unable to explain to her where it was, but she <laughs> did get in and the dog didn't die, but it was like and you couldn't even be mad cuz he was trying to make sure he secured our home, right. you know. Right. Um but yeah. I can bring this all back to the Hue because the August lock, it works so flawlessly that we have it set up to the same Hue light that's controlled by the motion sensor to turn uh, red when the door is unlocked and it turns green when the door is locked.
2: And it's oh, real nice, nice to go, yep,
1: door's locked. Okay. That's great. So I do it. Yeah. And that's kind of like that little light strip thing you were talking about on the iDevices. You just got a visual representation to say, yep, I know where I am.
2: I like that. I really dig yeah. that. In fact, I might set that up on one of my Hue uh, or rather one of my i switches yeah. down. <laughs> That's a good yeah. idea. Uh, I yeah, I've had that same issue where um folks have like it's it's ingrained in them to as they're going out the door lock that uh the doorknob lock. And I used to get so frustrated because I'm like razza <laughs> now I gotta pull it. But I, I hardly, Son ever of a go, <laughs> hardly ever go hardly every <laughs> yes, I hardly ever used my front door because I have a garage that's connected to the house. Um, and I also have a smart garage door opener. So it's usually like that's not it's not an issue. But the times that it was an issue, it was always annoying. And yeah, whenever I set it up for somebody to come in uh, and they couldn't because the dog on bottom lock was locked. That was very frustrating.
0: <laughs> so now the payoff for getting to tell your good Uh, automation stories, tell me your horror stories, tell me something that just did not work as you might have expected. Go big, go little, whatever you like.
1: Oh, can I go first? Yeah. Oh, of course. Every single home automation device the day I got it, every single home automation device when I change it, and all of them... (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> they don't just come out of the day. box
0: and behave as you would expect, really. Hmm.
1: No, no. I mean, I I think the most entertaining is trying to do. Uh, home automation devices always work on two point four gigahertz, not on five. If you have a mesh router, mm-hmm. you don't have a separately named network. So I found a, a trick online. I was helping my daughter set up her her smart oven, which she is so excited she can Ooh. she can preheat her oven on her way home. Uh, but it, it needs a 2.4 gigahertz network. And I, I set up a, um, an Orbi mesh network from Netgear for her. And I found a trick online is to go into the network settings and lower the power of the five gigahertz radio so that it doesn't reach where the device is.
0: Oh, wow. Huh? Oh, huh? How's that for wow, tricking? Yeah, it, it didn't work,
1: but, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, In theory, it didn't work? well, I don't know. I think she's probably got it working by now, but when I was there it wasn't working. But it was a way of having it, The the problem is the uh the five gigahertz radio is more powerful, but the two point four gigahertz radio goes farther. So if you can farther, So if you've got yeah. a switch you wanna set up and you can get to a a part of your house that you think only two point four will reach, that's the best way.
2: But she didn't really want to move the oven to do that. No, that's a little right. difficult. <laughs> No, you don't want to move the oven. Um, mine is, I'm going to, it's kind of cheating. Uh, it is a smart device, but it, it's just smart in the sense that it's Wi-Fi connected. Um, I have a, a smart scale that I've had for a long time. And when I, um, like I said, I moved into the new place and I was getting everything set up. Um, I was trying to get my smart scale to work. And I thought that it was a 2.4 gigahertz versus 5 gigahertz issue. Uh, I've got an Eero system in my house. And the interesting thing is that certain devices don't recognize the Eero system is just one piece. It will actually display like several 2.4 gigahertz networks and several five gigahertz networks and the way that this smart scale worked it would not give you any information on each of these individual uh, networks and so I couldn't find like I just had to tap and find one that was 2.4 gigahertz well I never could get it to connect and I was so frustrated I tried and tried and tried I reset it I even got it to where I had connected it I like took it apart and found where it had a place for me to connect it to the computer and like flashed the firmware I was doing everything trying to get this doggone thing to work and could not finally one day i was perusing in my, <laughs> in my euro settings as one um, does <laughs> and as one does yes as one finds themselves uh, selves between you know cups of coffee in the morning and i came across a time where i had seen <laughs> an unknown device or like a, 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 not an unknown device, but an unfamiliar device on my network that I had blocked. And I was like, huh, let me see, what is this? So I, you know, looked into it. I did a search for the, you know, the name of of how it had identified on the network. And my stupid smart scale came up as one of the people, one of the companies that use this wifi oh, chip. Wow. And I was ready to flip a table, obviously, <laughs> but I undid the block and then, <laughs> no problem at all. I was able to connect the stupid smart scale to my stupid <laughs> wifi network. Oh, that's awful. <laughs>
1: Well, I, have, I had an isolated network, like I described before, um, using an Airport Extreme for all my creepy stuff. And then I realized <laughs> that my, my Netgear has a guest network, and the guest network has that capability I talked about, that guest devices don't even get to talk to each other. And so I thought, well, why don't I just use that instead of having the complication of this extra uh, device? Do you know how hard it is to figure out which devices are on which router? We started oh, just man. shutting it down oh, and waiting my. for something not to work. <laughs> <laughs> and oh no! It was it was awful, and we got it down to where it was just a few. And the hardest part was that uh, the weather station was one of the things we had to move. And, oh no! Oh, that no. was no. gene splicing to get that thing back up. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I took a I took a scan of the settings first. I exported the settings just in case. Oh, it good. turned out to be really important. Oh yeah. Oh, but that reminds me of. Uh, can I go back to adding a favorite? Sure. Um, home automation device, that actually is a really good leading indicator of uh, wire wireless problems. Um, water is at a premium in California, as you might have heard. We don't have rain. And so um, we <laughs> it, it bothered me that it would take up to three minutes to get hot water in our shower. For the last 30 years, it's taken that long. And uh, it was a real problem, didn't want to do that. And my brother found a hot water pump and it's, it's a pump that you attach to your water heater, and it pumps a, a column of hot water into the line all the way to the farthest faucet where you put a little valve. So it's a passive valve that when it hits a certain temperature, if it gets too low, the little valve opens up, and the water pushes through into the cold line. So you never you no longer have cold water. You kind of have lukewarm water on one side and hot water on the other side. And, um and it was terrific, but we wanted to have different settings at different times a day. So Steve put a WEMO switch on it where we tell it that we want hot water when we get up at 6.30 in the morning till like 8 o'clock. Then we want it again when we do, when we're making lunch and we want it again in the afternoon, we want it again at nighttime. And so we have all these different settings. And now we know if something's wrong with the network because we don't have hot water.
0: <laughs> that's great. Oh, that's so cool. Yes, my, that is, and for me, that's better than the lights thing because I wouldn't see the yeah. lights, but I would notice the hot water. That's right, right, awesome. right.
1: So one of the things it diagnosed <laughs> yeah, was, that diagnosed um, was I don't know if you guys know, but uh, USB three hubs uh, operate at a, a, um, a harmonic of the two point four gigahertz network. Oh, so great. I had a USB three hub I installed that was sitting next to my um, my uh, Airport Extreme. That had the 2.4 gigahertz network that was running all my IoT devices. So when I installed that hub, my hot water stopped. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so <laughs> what's the connection? And I eventually figured out it was a microwave. It was, the, it was the hub that I it was causing it, but the hot water pump uh, wow. with the WeMo switch did it.
0: I just by love the way, idea she, that you would have a guest come wow. over and stay the night and take a shower and say, Allison, I, I just want to let you know there's no hot water. And you go, Steve, go fix the network.
1: i do want to give a big shout out to wemo uh because we had turned these switches off for a long time we hadn't used them and we put them back in service to do this and we had forgotten that i had combined the 2.4 and 5 gigahertz networks into one name so it couldn't find the network like the problem we were talking about with mesh networks and i had forgotten that i had done that and they were on the phone with me i would say more than an hour called me back with new ideas, and then when I realized that it was actually something I had caused and I called them, they wanted to very carefully document it so they would have it back in their uh, in their notes so that they could help the next person. Those switches were three years old when they gave me that much help.
0: That's kind of amazing because whenever wow. I talk to somebody about a device on my network, I always feel compelled to dumb down my network for them because if I tell them how complex it is, I, I fear that they'll just say, well, it's clearly not our problem. It must be something else that's going on on your network. <laughs> I've had those experiences a few times before. Yeah,
1: yeah. no, WeMo was awesome. So when we uh, Black Friday came out, we bought three more WeMos, even though I love the iDevices switches too. It was really hard to decide.
0: Gotta share the love with all the good companies, I guess.
1: <laughs> well, um, yes. I, th- Oh, Steve just sent me a note telling me all of the WeMo switches are now available. He spent most of the day trying to get a model into the same network. <laughs>
2: Oh, well, great job.
1: Well, uh, this has been uh,
0: tons of fun, you guys, and I've written down so many links, and Allison has written down so many links too, so thank you a lot. There'll be tons (laughs) of links in the show, uh, which will be released in time for your... Last-minute holiday giving, uh, but before we go, uh, we always do one more thing, and uh, I, I know you guys well enough to know that each of you, in your lives, and, and Alice has mentioned Steve and Micah has a partner, as do I. So we'll all answer these questions. Tell me something about which you and your partner uh, disagree or have had to compromise on in a tech-related way. It could be home automation or not, but I just want to sow a conflict and discord in your households.
2: <laughs> Micah, you can go first. <laughs> <I love that. laughs> okay, so. So for me, it's actually a pretty simple thing. Um, I am not big into video. I'm not, I'm not big into phone calls at all in the first place. I don't like phone calls. I don't like talking on the phone. I don't like holding that device up to my ear. I, I, I'm kind of a doer. And I like to spend a lot of my time during the day doing things. And so that's why I like to listen to audiobooks and things like that, as opposed to sit and watch a show, because I can still get up and do all the things that I want to do. And so when I'm on the phone, I feel kind of trapped. And it feels like you know I'm committing my time to this thing. And that goes double when it's A video call. That makes it even worse because then suddenly it's like, oh, now you can tell I'm not paying (laughs) attention (laughs) whenever I'm, whenever, you know, I can see you very clearly on video and you can see me. However, my partner has spent so much of his life uh, FaceTiming friends and, and, and family members and everybody to the point where, like out in public, like in a grocery store, he will. Oh, I need a Facetime. Blah, blah blah. I'm like, can you please just make a phone call, um, or send a text? And there was one time where it was this very simple, simple, simple question that could have been answered. By uh, him sending the question in a text message and me responding yes or no. But instead, he FaceTimed me and asked the question. And then I answered the question and then thought there was going to be more to it. And that was it. And I was like, wait, you had to FaceTime me for that? So not big into FaceTime, but I have gotten more comfortable with it. And the compromise that has come into existence is that... Uh, he can't be mad if I'm, you know, up and around doing things because I don't <laughs> like feeling trapped, sitting and looking into the dog on webcam if I can help it. So, that's the compromise that we've made, and uh, I just try to keep things in <laughs> in text messages otherwise. And Mike, my, my mom is upset with me because. I like she knows I don't like phone calls. And so whenever uh, whatever I told her about my partner FaceTiming me, she's like, OK, so now you FaceTime. Now you talk on the phone. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, mom. I'm sorry. I don't want to. Families create uh. so many traps
0: for us. I t- <laughs> yes, they do. They All right, Allison. Do. Tell me something about Okay, Steve. Allison.
2: Your
1: turn. <laughs> well, unlike Micah, we love FaceTiming. I FaceTime Steve. If I go grocery shopping, I don't normally grocery shop. Uh, he does the grocery shopping, so I'll go and he'll say, you know, get detergent. Okay, I know it's supposed to be Tide, but is it Spring Fresh, Mountain Fresh, Diet, you know, <laughs> caffeine free Tide? Diet yeah. Fresh, right? <laughs> and so I'll call him on Facetime and make and just hold up the camera and make him point to it, or he'll go to buy a, a lamp and he'll just start Facetiming me, so we don't have to both go off on an errand like that. It's awesome. Love Facetime. Multiple Facetime with my grandson. There's nothing better in the whole wide world than that. Oh, that's there you go. that's an exception
0: to any anti Facetime rule for little little kids. Always, you want to Facetime with them.
1: Absolutely. Um, So, I think the one that I get aggravated at Steve the most for is that he doesn't use keyboard shortcuts pretty much at all. I think Command C, Command V is as far (laughs) as he goes. I mean. He takes Whoa. the cursor and goes up to the upper right and clicks on the magnifying glass. Ugh. Oh dear God! For, for uh, I know, like an animal, right? No, for spotlight. For spotlight. I didn't Can know I... anybody ever did no! that. that's not a thing. That's no, actually done. <laughs> And I mean, I've installed. I'm frustrated. I've installed- yeah, it's bothering you, isn't it? Yes. I've installed. I did ask his permission to tell this. I think, <laughs> hope so. Um, but I like. I installed Text Expander on his Mac, and he's like, "I'm really going to try using it." And it's just not in his nature oh, to use keystrokes. He, he uses the dock to launch apps a lot. So, really? Oh really? God! But but, but I, I do have to admit there is one problem with getting so used to always using keystrokes is that when you forget. You just don't even know how that how else to do it. Like if have you ever yeah. sat down to launch an you're app like, and you can't work? remember what it's called? You're like, it's blue.
2: Yeah. What do I do now? Well, having <laughs> how
1: just do gotten I, deep into keyboard I maestro,
0: I have doubled my problems in that way because I've made up all these <sighs> scim- these shortcuts that do routines and things. And now I'm like, what did I do? what? And I have work ones and home one. Anyway, it's a whole thing. <laughs>
2: or when you go to someone else like if you ever have to type yeah. on a public computer or someone right, else's computer or if someone needs help with something it's like hey why is my colon uh, add <laughs> not working to <laughs> type out this address like what's going we on the whole
1: thing on keyboard shortcuts probably oh, I we think cuz that,
2: that's I'm, all automation
1: uh, stuff right
0: right because i like i say i i've, I've been true. using text expander forever but i got into keyboard maestro to do Various complex things, and the thing I'm digging into now is like automating filling in web forms and things like that. But yes, we could do a whole show on that. And God, I wish I was good at it. I
1: I
2: I want to. I'm I'm trying to get
0: better. I need to pick somebody's super brain on
2: same keyboard maestro. I want to be better at it too, because like I've done some uh, some near keyboard maestro magic in text expander like you know stretching that application (laughs) as far as it will go for different things and i know keyboard maestro the one thing that i use keyboard maestro for um like regularly is those stupid 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 web forms that don't let you paste a password in oh you can fix that Uh, with keyboard Keyboard maestro yes Mm. yeah there's a there's an option for type uh clipboard and so it makes the form think that you're typing out the password instead of <laughs> oh wow, my god that's and so i use that's it for epic. that
1: I, i'm gonna write that one down that's um, great. Do you no. um do either you guys edit video in ScreenFlow? no oh okay no i use so yeah, don, yeah, don McAllister has written a couple of amazing uh keyboard maestro things in for uh screen that all the people that work for him uh doing for screencast online that we use and it's just I mean, just saves hours if you if you can remember to use them. So that that's the only... I just use ones other people make.
0: Good to know. Well, maybe we'll do the... Uh, we'll have Those to reprise so automation from our computers and, and iOS devices, perhaps, and that'll be broad enough to include... There we go. Shortcuts to the extent we can stand them and um, Keyboard Maestro. I, I I just love hearing <laughs> that you think they're dumb. I think that's great. I want to talk more about that.
2: That's I like... know.
0: <laughs> Me too.
2: Wait, anyway, you think I... Tell me all <laughs> about your dumb social oh. cats. <laughs> like, oh, right, right.
0: <laughs> Well, uh, before we go, I I can't cheat the audience out of my story of of conflict and discord in my home. So uh, I am a huge fan of movies and I of classic movies particularly. And so starting 10 years ago or so, I actually collected DVDs because there wasn't as much streaming available. Uh, Watching them on TiVo wasn't sufficient on a DVR. I I wanted the DVD, so I collected them and we built ourselves a Kodi server on which we stored them. And then because classic movies were and and remain harder to find and maintain than, than modern stuff, we continue to collect. And we we recorded them off broadcast. We've bought DVDs. Also, anyway, we have this ridiculous collection of movies, which I built. But um, at some point, uh, Frank got really interested in, uh, we, we, he, he got this Linux machine that is now his main computer and is also our server. And uh, he got really interested in how to build this thing. And so he basically took the movies over from me and put it on the Linux machine and now has, uh, now he's doing all these things to scrape, to get trailers and weird old artwork, great old artwork, but weird in the sense that it's not like the default artwork. And he has it update from IMDB or, no, oh, it's actually MovieDB every night. He's got the, all these things that he's doing and I love them when it allows me to sit down and watch the movie I want, but I hate them when I can't figure out what he's done. He just, <laughs> it's like, wait,
2: <laughs> (laughs) You took away my stuff.
0: I can't find it. It's on Linux. I don't. I don't even. Anyway, so. (laughs) But he has fun. He 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 did this whole trailer project where he literally went everywhere. YouTube being the obvious place, but there are many other places that he went to find these trailers. And we now have a thing that runs in Cody, so that when the television is on and Cody is live, but the movies are not playing, it just plays trailers all the time. It's
2: so much fun. fun.
0: So I can't be too mad that at him because he plays trailers Oof. for me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just whenever you're looking for the right thing and it doesn't, when it's not working, then you're like, exactly. you ruined everything. But when it's working perfectly, and it's then like, the one thing right. I want him to do is
0: make it so that when I see a trailer I like, I can punch the button and go to that movie. And he hasn't done that for me yet. Oh, the best thing Yes.
2: <laughs> Oh, I like that. So
0: let me get you guys to tell the nice people where you can be found online. We could go on talking for a while, but uh, we've got. (laughs) I'm sure (laughs) sure there's something to automate somewhere else in my house right now. But uh, anyway, um, so so Allison, where
1: can people find you on the internets? The main place is podfeet.com, and uh, there you can find my uh, podcast and you can find all tech podcasts with an ever so slight Apple bias. In other words, a giant Apple bias. And then uh, you can find
2: me on Twitter at podfeet.
0: Micah?
2: Uh, you can find me on most social media sites, at Micah Sargent. And if you're wanting links to the different things that I can that I can do, no. If you're wanting links to the different things I do, you can head to chihuahua.coffee. That's C-H-I-H-U-A-H-U-A dot coffee. Best
0: URL ever. And you can find this podcast at Parallel Pods on Twitter or go to relay.fm/slash parallel. You can follow me, argue with me, chat with me on Twitter at Shelly, S-H-E-L-L-Y. All the rest of the stuff I do is at brisbane.net. And because it's about to be released, the iOS 12 edition of iOS Access for All will be coming out very soon. And you can find that at iOSaccessbook.com. Micah and Allison, I just bought that book
1: for a friend of mine. I met a guy who, thank you so much, just bought it. So, and he was amazed. He was like, wow, this is great stuff. So, Oh, keep, keep Aww, talking, keep talking.
2: Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad. But I thought you to allow it.
0: I'm always glad to hear somebody actually read and enjoyed all those words I wrote, because there's a lot of words in that book. Awesome. <laughs> so, uh, Micah and Allison, thanks so much for being on the show. We'll be back in two weeks with another fabulous edition of Parallel. Bye for now.